Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. However you may be listening, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or through any of the podcast platforms, thank you for being here. I am your host, Pete Newbig, and today we are talking to Julie Mullinex. We're going to talk about what it's like to take over a portfolio of 150 units that's been run to the ground, and we're going to learn how they handled 35 turns in a month. So Julie is co-owner and CEO of CRM Property Services Five Markets and is based in Indianapolis, Indiana. CRM has been in business for 12 years and manages over 950 units made up of single-family homes with three apartment complexes, anywhere from 25 to 60 units. Julie is married to her husband, Chris, for over 30-plus years and have four grown children and two grandchildren. So... Super excited to have a a great conversation with Julie, but before that, we're going to go to our hot topic. So my hot topic today is I want to talk a little bit about home warranties. And I know when you bring up home warranties, man, it is like, if you bring it up at like NARPM, you know, you got people who like, most people hate home warranties, right? And you have a few advocates for for home warranties. We know that investors love home warranties because the security thing about them, right? If I have a home warranty, then I'm, I'm a little bit more secure, right? And we all know that it's a lot of it is is just kind of nonsense. It's actually they they deny more than they actually take care of. So why do why do property managers dislike home warranties, right? So it takes way too much time for them to actually get out there and, and to schedule and to get the job done. They never do it they never do it in a timely fashion. They don't respond and they don't complete the job. In Texas we have something called the Texas property code and we have to solve things within so many times, within so many days, we have to take certain actions to make sure that things get done in, in a proper time frame. And so home warranties really don't, they, they don't deal with residents, right? They deal with homeowners. So if your AC is out, like, okay, well, we'll get somebody out there in a week. That doesn't fly when, when you, you know, it's 80 degrees or 90 degrees in Texas and somebody's AC goes out. And so that's the main thing, right? They, they're, they're not very good. They're not very responsive and they don't get, get things done in a timely fashion. So the challenge also is sometimes your team forgets that there's a home warranty on that property. They send out one of your preferred vendors and then that vendor gets the job done. And next thing you know, the owner wants you to pay that vendor out of your own pocket because they had a home warranty and you didn't send the home warranty. So how do we... How do we get to use home warranties? Because if you don't use them, then a lot of times an owner may not come over and they may not, you know, you may not get the sale. So how do we, how do we get the sale, have an owner feel okay that they have a home warranty and how do we go around making sure that we can use the home warranty or at least get around it? 
And so first thing is you should always add some kind of coordination fee when you're dealing with home, war- home warranty companies. Because they do, it takes, sometimes it takes you an hour on the phone to try to get in touch with somebody. And then, of course, they're not responsive, so you have to keep following up. And that takes a lot of time. But mainly, I would say, in your PMA, you know, let's create some policy around the home warranty. So at Empire, we created some policies around it, and we put it in our PMA. First policy was, if, it's, if we determine it's an emergency, that we're not going to contact your home warranty company, um, or we don't have to contact your home warranty company, we're going to handle it direct with our, with our vendors. The second thing is, during non-emergency work orders, you know, we create a policy that said, if the home warranty company does not schedule within three days, like, so may, they can schedule for next week, but if they don't actually go out there and schedule for within three days, then we can go ahead and use our team to go out there. Or if they don't complete the work order within 15 days, we can send our guys out there. So by creating some policy around there, it's not enough just to create the policy, Right. The policy allows us to to go ahead and do some of the things, circumvent the home warranty, so to speak. But you also have to be able to track it. And so we used property meld. And with property meld, I was able to to literally tag anything that was a home warranty and then tag it by by create date. So I actually had home warranty work orders greater than three days, not scheduled home warranty work orders greater than 15 days, not completed. And we were able to see this. And when that happened, yeah, we'd call, we'd try to call the home warranty company and work with them. But a lot of times we would just send our guys out there and they would knock it out super quick and get the job done. And then if an owner said, Hey, you know, you, you guys got to pay this. We'd like, look, here's the correspondence. We we reached out to your home warranty company. They weren't responsive. This is our policies based on the, on the property management agreement. So I think I would pick it up with your home warranty company. You might want to call them instead of talking to us. So Hopefully, that gives you food for thought on home warranties if you decide that you want to take them. Personally, I was the operations guy. I did not want to take home warranties. My visionary partner, Steve Rosenberg, was the sales guy. He wanted to take home warranties. So we had to create a little compromise. So that's, our, that's my little hot topic for the day. Um, we'll be right back. We got a great show. I can't wait to interview with Julie, who's created an incredible business out there in Indianapolis. We'll be right back. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. 
By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Welcome back, everybody. And as promised, I have Julie Molinex here. Julie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's exciting. I'm excited. So Julie and I, we've gone back a few years, but I actually don't really, we haven't talked in a while. It's been, it's been a, it's been a minute since we, since we mm -hmm. talked. So, yep. so Julie, you are a seasoned property manager, have been, have grown your company uh, tremendously over the years. And there's so much we can learn from you. But tell us about the time when you took over a portfolio of 150 units for an owner where his old PM company basically ran his poor, ran his, this guy's poor portfolio into the ground. But more importantly, tell us the process of onboarding 150 units, how your team was able to do it, how long the onboarding took, all the challenges and triumphs, and ultimately, what do our listeners need to know so that if they ever get an advantage like this, an opportunity like this, they can take advantage of it. So I know it's a lot, but... Do your best. Yep. So I would say running it into the ground is an understatement for one. Um, so it's a group of, well, three guys, they're brothers. They're from Finland and they have acquired, they had about 150 properties in Fort Wayne and in Indianapolis, Indiana. And they had a property manager in Fort Wayne that was handling all of their properties. They were having very good success and about four years into it, they just quit paying them their rents. They quit rehabbing the properties that they had already gotten funds for. They, they stole over a million dollars from them in about six months time. So we got a call from their real estate agent. Asking I thought you were going to say from the sheriff. Yeah. Ninja's <laughs> <laughs> character witness. Holy yes. cow. Yeah. So um, we got a call from the real estate agent of his or of theirs and said, hey, I've got this dilemma. Um, can you talk to them? So we did. And that was June 24th, I believe, around there, June 24th of 2021. They wanted us to start managing July 1st. They did not want any of their rents to go to the, old, the previous PM company because they knew they would never see them. So we so had the, just just to be clear. These guys didn't get rent for six months before correct. they actually reached out to to their agent. Or so. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yep. And they had several different rehabs that they were doing that they were sending funds for. And then we, after we took them on, we found out none of the rehabs had been done. Um, they actually did not have any of the resident deposits to send to us. So that adds to that. Yeah, uh, that's complex. Yeah, we got a stack, stacks of utility bills that were delinquent. They were getting shut off because <laughs> they hadn't paid those. So it was, there was just, there was a lot. So we had a lot of talks quickly in those first two or three days at the end of June to be able to step in July 1st and try to get as many rents to come to us as possible to, I guess. And this is on June 24th? June 24th is when they called us. So you yes. had seven days to yes. get these, pro to get a management agreement signed. And okay, well, tell, take us. So that's seven days of, uh, that's a long, that's a long seven days, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> take yes, us so through obviously this. With, with that many properties, they're wanting to negotiate terms and, and, you know, but we're trying to, to get through all of this 
quickly. So like I said, we had probably, I don't know, several over an hour long calls several days in a row, finding out, you know, we, we kind of did our discovery too, because are they telling us the truth? Is this, right. you, know, you know, so do yeah. we want to take on 150 properties and they're just horrible managers right. or well, horrible owners? When a resident wants to move in right away within seven days, right? And hey, I got cash. We're, that, our, 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 you know, <laughs> our hair is on our back of our neck is standing up. It's the same thing with an owner, right? Hey, I got a hundred. It's too good to be true. And he, I need you to manage like within seven days. That's yes. crazy. So you did your due diligence. Yes. What did you find out? We did. So the the agent that worked for them, we actually knew from Indianapolis. And so we already had a little bit of a connection with him. We didn't know anything about them prior to that. So that kind of helped us feel a little more comfortable with it. But we did our we did our screening. We we looked at the different you know government sites. Again, they're from Finland, but they have their companies are registered here. So, you know, we we did our due diligence, our background checks on them to make sure that you know, they, they are who they say they are. They are not going to, you know, just have us start. Did you even, did you even try to reach out to the OPM company? So that's interesting. Yes, we did. So once we, once we got the management agreement signed, we actually, and what, what made it much easier for us to take over in seven days of our first conversation was the fact that that PM company actually helped us. And we've taken over before. This happened actually about four years ago in Kokomo, the exact same thing, um, but with multiple property owners from a company here in Kokomo where we're based out of, did the exact same thing, stole the residence deposits, stole the owner's monies, but they did not help us at all. This company actually did, which I'm I don't know why they did. I'm quite surprised, but they sent us all the tenant ledgers. They sent us all the leases, all the applications. So we had, we had a, a that was obviously a huge benefit for us. They it's so weird though. Money. Like they literally stole money from these guys and then they're helping them go to another management company. Yes. It, it, the whole thing is, a, it is a bit bizarre. Yes. <laughs> I got to ask, are they still in business? No. So okay. <laughs> probably about 30 days after we took over. So about the end of the July, they quit. They quit responding to us and they, they are out of business. Obviously there's a lawsuit against them. I um, wonder if they're running their business from the state penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a whirlwind that first week and then going into then July to try to get all the residents to pay us yeah, because they think it's a scam now, right? Yes. I mean, the residents think it's yep. a scam. They didn't get a 30-day notice and all this good stuff. Oh. <laughs> all of a sudden, right, you're, all right, but but I had to go back. So take me, so you're, you're, you're obviously negotiating contract terms. You have 150 units you have to put into your, your, your software. Were you doing that before you actually had the contract terms all set up? Were you, did you have a team doing that? And who was, who was doing that? Because that's, that's a, that's a full-time gig right there, just putting all those properties in. Yes. So... Prior to getting the PMA signed, though, but as soon as we had the PMA signed and we knew all the addresses, then yes, that was, I believe, probably around the 26th, 27th of June. So, yes, we were able to get all of that entered um, prior to July 1st. We had... And June's only got 30 days. You're going to get that extra day. <laughs> I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, we have four resident service coordinators, they handle everything on the resident side. So they were very diligently helping. We had, it was kind of all hands on deck. 
know, portfolio managers, you're helping do this. You know, anybody in our company that knew how to create a building and then lease that building, they were helping do this. So we actually, it took about a day and a half to get all of the wow. buildings created and then all of the lease information in, upload everything, you know, their their current leases and their applications and get all their auto charges set up right. How'd you get the current leases? The other company sent them to us. They they wow. Yeah, it was it was like within crazy. a couple of days they sent you everything? They put it on a flash drive and express mailed it to us. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well that that's a win. Their their cooperation would help not get sued. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's the least they could do. They got a million plus from these guys. <laughs> they did. Yes. Wow. All right. Yes, so all did. hands on deck. Didn't matter what you were doing. If it's not your job, doesn't matter. It's your job these next few days. The flash drive comes and you're literally putting in leases and, and all that good stuff. Did you actually have ledgers too? They did send us ledgers. Yep. Holy crud. Now, okay. it, that's interesting too, because the ledgers that they sent we would later find out the residents would say, well, I paid them yeah. and my payment's not showing up on the ledger. So we, we battled that. We battled some of them getting. How, how'd you, how'd you determine if they actually made the payment? Did they actually have to show proof that they made the payment? Yep. And if, so some of them had a, a bank receipt, some had screenshots of, of the auto payment, you know, if they paid online and you know, we told them. That's, that's when you knew it was really bad, huh? That's, that's like, okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. So now, okay. So tell me your, your policy on security deposits, like the company policy. Cause I know at, at my old company, we went back and forth on this numerous times to, so what is your company policy on it? So when we take over, when we bring on a new owner, new client, we do require them to deposit the, to give us the security deposits mm -hmm. with this one, because we knew they didn't have them. They didn't even have the rent money to give us as deposits, we agreed to not ask for those, but it was written in the PMA that upon those residents leaving, we are giving them credit for that. And the owner's going to have to reimburse us for that deposit amount. So let's just say their lease had an $800 deposit and we didn't post that as a deposit, but once they moved out, then owner, you're getting billed for this and we're processing the deposit then according to that. Yeah, so you probably still have a couple of clients where you don't you don't have the deposit on there. Have you ever thought about like um, over so many months, we'll take one month of the rent and we'll make that the deposit, and then you? So normally, with with all of our other clients that are coming to us with inherited residents, we are requiring them to give us the deposits. So this was the only client really that we didn't do it just because we knew what their it's financial an out, It's an outlier. Thing. Yeah. You're, you're helping them out. Yep. Sometimes though, man, I've, I've helped so many people out and I seem to always get burned, but with 150 units, you can always use, you have other rents coming in, right? And so you, you it's not like one unit or two units, 150. Was it uh, all single family homes or was it a multi, a multifamily what was the makeup? vast majority are single family. They had a couple duplexes, but nothing bigger okay, than so a duplex. All, all multifamily. Yeah. I mean, all single family. Wow. Family. Yep. All right. So you make, so you, you definitely redlined your PMA a couple in a couple of places. It sounds like. You, yes. <laughs> so now, okay. So now tell me you have three days to get in touch with all these residents. So how'd you do that? So it, it kind of goes into a, a, another discussion point. We, so about, 80 of their 100, now 90 of their 150 properties are in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then the other 50, 60 are in Indianapolis. 
We actually were not set up to operate in Fort Wayne. So this is kind of a double whammy that we're taking on 90 units and we don't have an infrastructure up there. Don't have, so, don't have a field tech or, or property nope. associate, whatever you call them. Don't have our nope. agent. Don't. <laughs> nope. And how far is Fort Wayne from, from where you guys are at? It's about an hour and a half drive. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, a, that's like, that's like me in Houston going to, going to close to uh, Austin. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's not. It's not just. I mean, you got to plan for it if you're. Mm. If you have to go. So we did drive to Fort Wayne. We had 80 letters in our hand, and we went to all 80 units there and knocked on the door. If they were there, handed them the letter. If they weren't, we taped it on the door, asked for a phone call back. We actually did get decent response, just because. They were having issues with the PM company because they were not. I'm guessing no maintenance it. was getting done. Nope. And, yeah. I, <laughs> nope. I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so they actually were, I think. Well, happy. Relieved. Relieved. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. So out of those units, how many were vacant? So that's interesting. We were probably two or now three, four months into it and we're finding units that we didn't <laughs> know they had. They didn't realize they had that oh we were finding goodness. were vacant and the city sending us violation letters and different things. So there were probably about 20 to 30 units. So about, I don't know, a fourth to a third total wow. that were vacant. And I'm sure there was work that would needed to be done because, and meanwhile, these guys paid all the money to get some of these make readies or rehabs yep. completed. Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. There was one that we went to that we thought was occupied. We go there, it's vacant and it's clearly vacant. Just pulling up to the house, go in and the basement is flooded. It's, there's like <laughs> 10 feet of water in the basement. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I keep getting ahead of myself here because this is such a fascinating story. Okay. So you drive an hour and a half to Fort Wayne. Who's going there? Is it just you and, and the hubby? Or is it is it like, you know, how many people do you have in the company? Because I know you use virtual team members. I know you have a big portion of your, of your company in Mexico and, and other places. So how many people do you got boots on the ground in the U.S.? So we actually have a it's about half and half so we have about 20 on in the states and about 20 remote i know you're a bookkeeper and you're in the u.s but come on you're driving down you've, you're doing letters today is, is something like that is something like that happen? So, so we had our field agent we had maintenance techs we had the oh. portfolio manager chris went my husband sales um, sales team sales team yep, right yep. yep so so we had i believe we drove up there with about six, six, eight people and just kind of split up and divided the city up and knocked on the doors. <laughs> Holy so. cow. What'd you do for keys? Did you have everything rekeyed when you took them over or did you just like, as they, as they came vacant, you just uh, would rekey them? So the, that was another thing that they actually <laughs> helped us with. They had, no way. Uh, yeah, they did. They had their properties on a master key system. So they sent us those master keys. So we actually did have keys for most of them. Not all of them are on the system, but mm-hmm. most of them were. And another thing that actually, when I mentioned we were not in this city, so we have no vendors, we have nothing <laughs> set up. They actually had a maintenance company that was doing some of the rehabs for the owners but was also working for the pm company right but they um, probably so they probably hadn't gotten paid either i'm guessing he had not nope <laughs> nope <laughs> so he doesn't want to nope. do he's got burned so he's not going to do work for you guys like 
It was it was a challenge in the beginning because he actually helped us since we didn't have anybody up there. He was actually helpful for the small things and would give us names of other vendors that, you know, HVAC plumbers, those ones that you have to have on a dime if something goes wrong. So he was able to give us some names and he was able to help us maintenance wise. And so we got our, our, you know, infrastructure set up there. So that was, but it, it took, it took probably about four or five months for him to believe that we were consistently going to pay him in order to not have to pay as soon as the job is done, which is a nightmare for my bookkeeper. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how long did it take you to clean up these registers and, you know, get all like, cause I know we've had just one or two units from one manager company to another, it becomes a, a colossal challenge. They don't want to pay the new, the new management company, you know? So how, how long did it actually take? And, or are you still working on it today? Is it like, it's a so, year later. Uh, that's a, that's a very good question. So it, to get the vast majority, we do still have some trailing out there that are what we call messy ledgers, but the vast majority of them, we were able to consistently get them to communicate to us, to pay us. It took two, two months. So July, August, so first of September, we, we had everything really under control. As and far I, know, as- I know the owners are freaking out because every time they make a payment to the new magic company, it is literally just lost money. Yes. And, you know, it, another thing that was, it sucked for them, but they, there were a lot of the government assistance for COVID relief that had been paid to the previous property management company for three months ahead of time. So we took over July 1st, they had money for July, August and September rent in their bank. And so now this so so they gave you the keys, the ledgers, but no funds. (laughs) No money, zero. <laughs> no. Wow, that is yeah. that is insane. Yes. So, so basically, it was a Chinese fire drill. All hands on deck. You and you just you just going out there, and you still you still have some cleanup here. There's a there's a little bit. Yes, it's the the one thing that is that we're struggling with a little bit still on some stragglers are getting them to sign our lease. We wanted to be, I guess, understanding of the situation. And we didn't want our clients to have a bunch of vacancies. So we were not as aggressive in getting them signed as we would normally. Normally, we'd say, you got to sign it. If you don't, here's your 30-day notice to vacate. Even if they have an existing lease with the the other PM company? Or is this really? or or, Because I thought you had to abide by whatever the existing lease was. And then when that lease are renewed, then you put in your new lease. So... We did, yes. And some of those leases were there. Basically, they're still in those leases because they signed them right before we took on. Right. We were still trying to maybe play dumb and say, hey, get on our lease. It's better. The late fees actually are cheaper on ours. But they're like, nope, I'm going to lease until, you know, next May. I'm just sticking with this one. Which, yeah, we, we always try to get people on our on our lease as well. Like when we when we got a new a new resident, we always would send a lease, and if they didn't sign it, they didn't sign it, you know. But we yeah. try to get them on our lease, especially yeah. if we didn't have one, right? Yes. A lot of times the the, the client doesn't have a lease. You you afford, you did you have all the leases? Like did, did they give you all the stuff, or was it? Was there it were like, maybe a handful that we did not have, but we okay. have the vast majority of them. Yes, and like I said, we we didn't. We, we sent them 
in, in Indiana, it's a little bit like Texas where it's a very landlord friendly state. And so we have a little bit of, we don't have the strict regulations. So if we send a lease to them, that's their notice of change. So 30 day notice that this is, these are your new terms, even if you don't sign this, if you're not under the other lease. So we have the month to month contracts with those, but we wanted to get them secured on a year lease just to protect the owners. Curious, were, were their rents in line with the market or were they real, really low? They were, they're below market. And we've, we've been working probably the last six months now to, to up those. And the owner, the owners probably didn't want you to up them right away. Cause like, well, you know, we need to get something. <laughs> we yes. Get anything. yes. They, that was one of their big things that, and the, the rents in Fort Wayne are a decent amount higher than what they are in Coquimel even parts in Indianapolis where we are as well. So yeah, they were, some of them are two, $300 below market, market rate. So it's, you know, we, we jump it up to where it should be right away and they're just going to move. So we're trying to do a little baby steps to, to increase those because obviously vacancies are cost more than what you lose and not getting the rents where you want them. Yeah. But, I, I feel like this should be a, a breakout session at NARPM national, honestly, <laughs> they should, it, you really, it, it very well, you know, and it's like I said, we, we had this exact same thing happen with another PM company in Kokomo and Kokomo's, a 70,000 person city. So it's not huge at all. Right. And they did the exact same thing. They stole from their owners, the deposits, the rents. But so, there's so, there's so many things that you can, you can teach and, and talk through on this, right? Absolutely. From the security deposit to the leases, to how do you notify the residents, to the ledgers, to the, 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 the make readies, to the rehabs, to, you know, just the, just the team and, and how you keep the team motivated. I'm sure there was some overtime that had to be, you know, weekends and nights and all that good stuff. All right. So your company CRM is in five different markets in Indiana. Obviously, one of them was forced on you. <laughs> yep. but, but so <clears throat> I'm sure that was a learning lesson. So for somebody that's listening right now, they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about going to another market. What are the steps on moving to another market? What have you learned what to do and what maybe what not to do? What are some of the, you know, the pitfalls, if you will? So what we, we do before we even, what we're supposed to do before we step foot into a new market is our sales and marketing team is supposed to do a, a market analysis really of that new city, the new market. What's their, um, their main employers? What's their employment rate? What's their average rents? Um, different things like that to give us an idea of what, what we're looking at um, is the, you know, is it a high, high number of government subsidy rentals? You know, those types of things, we get those questions asked first. And then if we say, yep, it's a go, then what makes look. it, what makes it a no go just from, just from that, just from that data, what makes it a no go? If, if the, if the population is declining, if the average rents are declining, if the, um, we have a, it used to be a booming city, but um, GM closed a huge plant in Anderson and just everything just, it's, it's a mini Detroit. I mean, it's just, right, right. Okay. down. So ba basically all the, all the data tells you if it's a uh, stable or booming city, or if it's, it's on a decline, if it's on a decline, you're not going to jump in there. Yep. Got it. Okay. So that's the first, that's the first thing. So if it's a go, what's next? So um, then we start lining up our vendors and that's a little tricky because we don't have business right off the bat to give them, but it's just kind of making those relationships. We've got very good relationships with our vendors in Kokomo and Indy. So we, 
and we have referral letters from them, you know, going to our payment history and how long we've been with them and what kind of, you know, how easy it is to work with us, different kinds of different things like that. There's a lot of interesting. You're literally marketing your company to, to vendors at this point. Yep. Yep. There's a stigma with vendors and PMs and rentals. They don't want to mess with them. The, you know, their techs don't want to go into the houses because rentals are dirty and the, the residents are rude. And, you know, there's just this, this mentality. And, and we don't. want things done for lower price and yep. we don't pay, right? It takes 90 days or 120 days to pay. Yep. 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 So, so you get over that by, by utilizing your other vendors in, in, re- do you, do you, do they have, do you have them call them? Like, Hey, you can call this reference. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. They can call, obviously, you know, some of the names that we have here are big names. So they, they have, they recognize the, the company name and it, okay, yeah, they are a reputable company. So if you're doing this much business with them, you've obviously have a good relationship with them. So, you know, there's, and right off the bat, we have to sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we have to do the, we'll pay as we go until you can, we can develop a system that you can see that, we do what we say we're going to do. We're easy to work with. And that usually after about 60 days, they're like, okay, you're good for, you know, net 30, which obviously is what we want. So once we, once we kind of have an idea that we can get vendors, then we, we start marketing to that market. Just curious, our- just curious on the vendor thing before you, get, before you get off that, do you send reports? Like, do you show them reports of what you paid other vendors that they do in, in, in the, in your market that you're in? Yep. So our HVAC, that. this yeah. is this is how much we've spent in the over the last three years every year this is and you can see that numbers going up because we're growing and they're just getting more money from us our sewer yeah. cleanup company our plumber yeah all of those those now how do you get new like okay so you're you're literally marketing to these vendors right so for lack of a better word I'm begging a vendor to come do business with me but yep. now you want them to do business the way you want to do business. Is that happen right off the bat or do you wait a little while, right? Like, cause you want yeah. pictures before and after you want, you maybe, they, maybe use property meld. You want them to use meld. Like how, yeah. how do you, how do you get them to conform to your rules of the game? So it depends how desperate we are for that vendor. <laughs> if we are able to get a few, so if we have two or three HVAC companies, we tell them in the beginning we have we do use property meld so we tell them in the beginning we have our maintenance scheduling system it's really easy to use and we try to give them tell them all the benefits of it communication with the residents is really easy they respond quickly some of them will say "Ah, i don't want to do that others will say all right well you know we'll give it a try the ones that don't or you know just refuse if if we can tell there's no way that they will ever get on board then we pass on them but if they're like well i don't know let's just see how it goes first then we'll we'll work with them for a little bit and typically when they can see what kind of company we are and and how we answer the phone when you call when you're at the property and you need approval we give it to you right then then those are usually the ones that are like okay yeah we'll we'll go ahead and sign up for the property meld and and schedule through there so we, I would say maybe 5% of our vendors are not in property meld and they're ones that are just, we might have to call them one or twice a year. So it's not a, it's not a huge deal. What do you find is the hardest vendor to find when you go to a new market? I would say, well, two different, two different directions on that. One, we have, um, we have in-house maintenance techs and we have in-house renovation techs. So outside of our market, if it's not a drivable distance, 
maintenance side wise, I would say roofers, that's a, that's a, that's one that it's hard to find that happy medium. I don't want the, just the guy out of his pickup truck, mm -hmm. but I don't need the guy that's doing the $300,000 houses. So, and for the listeners, our, our price point for properties is between 80 to $180,000. So, you know, we have lower end or cheaper, I guess, properties that we manage. So roofers is a hard one to get, to get somebody who's willing to, or, or will do the work for us at a reasonable dollar amount for a rental property. There's typically enough plumbers and HVAC companies that- I, For whatever reason, I always found landscapers to be really difficult for us. Yeah. Well, so that's something that we don't, I'm guessing you guys in Indianapolis have snow removal guys that you have trouble with. All right. So you do yeah. the market research, you get your vendors ready to go, which is a daunting task when you have zero properties in the market. Yes. All right. So now, okay. So now you're like, okay, we got, we think we got some, we think we got the army behind us of, of you know, the partnerships with, uh, with our, with our vendor team. What's next? Well, then we get our marketing team to go blast all of our marketing to those markets. And we, we actually, we've got a, because of where we are in Indiana, there's not a lot of management companies that are good. We have a, a pretty high Google rating. And a lot of times people look at that and they're like, well, this is the company to go to because all the others are three and below. And we've got, I think a 4.7 maybe and about 500 Google reviews. So, you know, our, our Google reviews really drive our our business so it doesn't take you very long to get to that front page in a new smaller town outside of indianapolis no nope. nope. that's a nice nope. that's nice because if i wanted to yep. go to austin or dallas or san antonio good luck getting on that yes. front page yep all right so yes. yeah it, but no, did you, now let me ask you this did you create a do you create a separate website or a separate page for the new market like how, how do you do that on the marketing side of things we have landing pages so Yes and no, we don't have a separate website for Indianapolis for Fort Wayne, but with our different marketing, we have landing pages that speak to that, you know, that area and then they're redirected to our, our website. To the main site. All the Google reviews uh, are for all the companies. You don't have a Google review for Fort Wayne, a Google review for Indianapolis and a Google review for uh, so, the rest of the markets. No, we actually do have Google reviews for Kokomo and for Indianapolis. The other ones we do not, it's, it's those two. So we, we don't have, and I'm not the, the marketing person, but from what I understand, you have to have an actual address in those to be able to get the Google, my business to be yep. able to get the Google reviews. And we don't have one in Fort Wayne. We've not, at this point, we, we have not actively, we're actually just starting to, we've not actively started to market to grow there yet because we wanted to kind of get this under wraps, but we do in Indianapolis and Kokomo. Yeah, I remember we did a bunch of Regis offices in all the different markets that we wanted to go to just to get that address and have different landing pages. Yep. All right, so now, so you get your marketing going and now the phone rings and now you're like, oh crap, we might have business there, right? <laughs> so now what happens? What do, you, what do you do next? So we, you know, when they, and it depends on what it is, if it's a one-off or if it's the guy that's got 30, you know, we, our sales team does their screening, their interviewing, they, they are required to go to the properties. If it's an occupied, sometimes those are a little harder to get into, but we try our best to get inside the properties, but we certainly do drive-bys of every property that we, that we are asked to look at and to manage. 
if they're vacant, they have to go inside just so we can see what the condition is and know what, you know, if this, if this owner says, oh, this, I've got five properties and they're ready to go. And we walk into them and no, they're not. So have you been here and you know that this is what your standard is for rent ready or have you been told that the work's been done? That kind of gives us a good a good taste of what this owner is going to be like. We so your, sure your sales team them. goes to each property, regardless if it's vacant or not. Mm-hmm. So did you, would you hire salespeople ahead of time to be in that area? Or do you expect your salespeople to go drive two, three, four hours, depending on how far that, that market is? So, so right now we are only willing to expand. Well, like a two hour, two and a half hour yeah. radius type deal? From, from Kokomo. We've got some boots on the ground people in Indianapolis. So so Indianapolis is about 45 minutes to an hour away from Kokomo. Indy will go about 30 to 45 minutes south of Indy. But then that's kind of where we... Okay, so you have, like, you have a specific radius. range right now, which yeah. means that you don't have the challenge of, do I have to hire somebody there? Right. right? So same thing with your, do you have field techs or property associates or, or people that go do the, the reporting, the move-ins, the move-outs, reports and all that stuff? You have boots on the ground there? And yep. the same, same concept with the salespeople with those guys? So we have a field agent in Indy, we have one in Kokomo, and we have one in Fort Wayne. And yeah, from sense. there, depending on where our, kind of our outliers, our smaller markets are, dictates who we send to those smaller areas so that we don't have somebody boots on the ground there. Julie, I can literally talk to you all day, but with, <laughs> with the interest of time, I do want to ask one question. What is the biggest mistake you see that, that you ran into or that you see people pitfall that they can, like that they've done when they try to go into another market that you tell them, Hey, this is, this is a mistake. So it happened to us. We took on a new client in Bloomington, which is two hours and two, almost three hours, two and a half hours away from us. And it was miserable. We were not set up in that city at all. Kind of like what we were in Fort Wayne, but the drive just made it, there was nothing in between. It was an hour and a half away from Indy. So we did not have vendors set up. We didn't have boots on the ground people that we needed being that far away. And we didn't, we didn't look at the demographics of that city to see if it's something that we that we could flourish in in our model. Yeah. So, you know, those, those three things, I think for, you know, in Indiana, there's cornfields between every city, every town. So it's not metropolis after metropolis, but you know, so it's, it makes a big difference in, in a state like this to make sure that the, you know, being able to get there is doable for your staff, I think is, is the main thing. And I'll say um, when, when we were with Empire and we were in the different markets, I'd say the biggest mistake I made was I hired people like salespeople, marketing people, and even property managers before we had properties. And you'd think that you're, you're going to hang a shingle and people are going to come to you. And it just does not yeah. work that way. It does take some time. That marketing does take some time to bake in. All right. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And we're going to come right back for the, the lightning round. All right, that's my, yeah, my sound effects. We'll be right back. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, 
your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations, like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming back. You ready for the lightning round? You excited? Yes. All yes, right. excited. Well, series of quick questions, just, you know, one word answers or, or just quick thoughts. But if you do want to expand on it, go for it. All right. You ready? What is one accomplishment or something unique about you that most people don't know? Me personally? Yes, ma'am. I was a choir director at my church. There you go. I thought you were going to say you were a professional tap dancer. No. (laughs) What software do you use? Uh, Propertyware, PropertyMail, LeadSimple. All right. What is your company structure? We are more departmentalized. We've got departments and then heads of those departments. How many many units are you guys managing? 920-ish. Mostly single family or single family zero, one to four units or uh, any apartments or HOA? So no HOA, um, we have three larger apartment buildings and well, less than 50 units, 25 to 50 units, um, three of those. And then the rest are the single family and small multi-unit. I could have a whole show just on 25 to 50 units and how, how that's a different animal. And we just took one on a 40 unit in a little bit of a different market. <laughs> Does pineapple belong on pizza? Ugh. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Kind of weird pizza eaters out there. Yeah. (laughs) What book are you currently reading or what is one that's impacted your life or business? For business, I would say two different ones, Rocket Fuel and what the heck is EOS? They're, they're, you know. So you're, you're an EOS modeler, EOS person. Got it. Okay. Other than a NARPM podcast, do you have a podcast you recommend? Or one at your husband? I know he's the big podcast guy in the family. He is. Um, he's actually listens to the, I think it's 300 to 3,000 doors. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I forget, I forget who the name is on that, but yeah. 300, 3,000. Yeah. area. All right. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? I would say know, know the regulations and get a good software that's going to meet your needs. 
Join Norpum. You can find both of those there. There you go. Yep. What do you prefer, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dog person. I'm All right. <laughs> Julie, if somebody is who is inspired to uh, reach out to you, how can they how can they connect with you? My email address, Julie at crmproperties.net. Be the easiest way I would say. And I'd love to love to hear any questions that they throw at me. And if you want to join Narpum, call one 800 782 3452 or go to narpm.org. And if you are interested in virtual team members, go to VPM, virtual property management, vpmsolutions.com and create a free profile. Julie, thank you so much for being here today. It was wonderful. And I literally could have talked to you for like another four hours. So we'll have to do it again. (laughs) All right. See you, everybody. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.